Welcome to Broadcast with the Capital BR. I'm your host, Geo, and I thank you for clicking that play button. Broadcast is an Apex Legends podcast that is your number one source of Apex Legends-related content from news, deep dives, ALGS, to community-related topics. We hope that you will join us on our quest for knowledge and mastery as we explore Apex Legends together. With that said, I'd like to welcome all of our first-time listeners. If you'd like to become a part of the broadcast community, please visit our link tree at linktree forward slash BR underscore broadcast, where you will find all of our links. Let's go ahead and get into the topic rundowns for tonight. So the first thing, of course, is our announcements and quick topics. The second thing is going to be the Defiance patch notes and the first impressions for season 12 since I got to play it yesterday for about five hours last night. So it was pretty fun. Um, and I'll talk about it here in the first topic. The second topic will be the Defiance Battle Pass. So we're going to talk a little bit about what you can get in the Defiance Battle Pass and what those skins look like and who they're for and all that good stuff. And then lastly, I want to talk about the upcoming in-game events that we have coming to us that Respawn is going to deliver through Apex Legends. We apparently have three events coming this season, and I want to make you aware of them so that you can get ready to spend some of that money that you're going to be, that hard-earned money, hard-earned money. So with that, of course, you know, I am solo tonight. Um, Unfortunately, we've had some things happen um, with some of our hosts, and so that leads me into the show announcements. So the first thing is that Elmer Fudd has decided to take a leave of absence, and this is just because life is hitting him. His work, literally, he gets home like sometimes right before we start recording the show. So, you know, I don't fault him for this, and he is such a great guy. He is such a good help with the community. His tournaments are awesome, his personality. And like I told him the other day, some of the best podcasting moments I've ever had were with him. So, you know, if he needs to take a leave of absence, whether that be, you know, for a short time, a long time, or, you know, for good, just his presence on the first 14 to 15 episodes of this podcast has been nothing but pleasant. And then I have really, really enjoyed what he brought to the table. And, you know, I hope, I hope to look forward to a future where Elmer Fudd and I will continue to make content together. But, you know, I, I just hope I wish him the best and I hope that he gets the rest he needs in order to catch up and, and be able to enjoy his life um, rather than have to work all those long hours and have that, that busy schedule. So, with that, Elmer Fudd's going to take a leave of absence, but in his place, we will have Dr. Shrimpley returning as a full-time host. So Dr. Shrimpley has been our host, one of our hosts on the LGS episodes. So from now on, he will be a weekly host on broadcast on Mondays. So we are switching our record days from Wednesdays to Mondays at 10 p.m. CST. We'll, of course, be on a little bit earlier than that to do a pre-show but we will be recording around 10 p.m. on Mondays, and Dr. Shrimpley will be joining full-time. Now, one thing that I did want to mention is that we are looking for a third host. So if you're interested, here are some of the perks. The first perks are you're going to get to hang out with me, Elmer Fudd, Dr. Shrimpley, and our teammate Crazy all the time in the Discord in our moderator chat and just chill and talk about the topics, look at the surveys we create, and really get a behind-the-scenes look at what broadcast has to bring. The next thing is you're going to learn how podcasting works. You know, I can show you the ropes. I can show you how to edit. I can show you anything that you want. So if you would like to learn about podcasting, feel free to jump on the show. 
I also create the notes. So you'll be able to see the notes from me. Um, and the way that I do the notes is that you, you can read the notes and know everything that we need to talk about. It'll have links in there. It'll be, you know, step-by-step step of what we're going to, you know, how we're going to approach a topic, all kinds of things. So that's there. I am also the person that edits the podcast. So you don't have to bring that to the table, but if you're willing to learn, I would, I would be okay with throwing a few on somebody. The next thing is of course, you get to be a part of the interviews and talk about apex a bunch. So you'll get to meet some cool people like Kate Yeager, like leave no witness, like kick esports, um, like minute for minute updates. So all these people you'll be able to meet because you are a part of the broadcast family. Um, and you'll be recording on that on the show. So, um, what you'll need exactly, you know, really you'll need a computer with some kind of recording software. You know, this can be a laptop. This can be a, a PC, anything that can basically install audacity or connect to the internet is what you'll need. Um, the next thing that you'll need is a microphone. So that could be what I have a Yeti caster. That could be a snowball Yeti. That could be a, a fancy mic. But in reality, if even if it's just a gaming headset, you can use that too. That's fine. We can work with it. We can edit the audio so that it sounds perfect when it comes out. I have no problem there. And then of course your availability is important. So you would need to be available every Monday night. And then some of the interviews we do are international. So You'll also need to maybe be available for some weekend interviews, but most of the time I try to schedule those late in the evening so that all of us can be there. So, you know, don't hesitate. If you're interested in this position, make sure you message me. Um, it's not like a, you know, a paid position. It's just, we love talking about apex and that's what we're doing. So I look forward to so any of you that would like to join the broadcast family. And, um, you know, again, please feel free to just message me at geo number four, five, seven, four on discord. And we can talk about your future as a part of the family of broadcast. So, you know, I look forward to hearing from you on that. Um, so the next thing of course, is we are actually going to be shifting our ALGS content to be a part of our weekly shows as sort of a topic. So we won't be doing strictly ALGS episodes, We'll be adding a topic in whenever ALGS is going on. So expect the ALGS conversation to be a part of the weekly podcast when split two comes. So that way we can highlight, you know, the different regions, highlight the leaders in those regions. But it 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 kind of helps us out because it's a lot of work watching all the games. Um, you know, I was breaking down the games from start to finish for the regions for that day. And so you know, to, to make it easier on us, we're going to be recording this, uh, this, um, so that it's easier. And it also, maybe it's just highlighting it. So it makes it a little bit easier in your ears and also doesn't make you have to listen to an hour straight of LGS content whenever we could do, you know, 15 to 20 minutes, and then maybe even make a YouTube video out of it, highlighting some of the gameplay that we've seen in ALGS. The next thing, is that we are going to be interviewing minute updates. So minute for minute updates on uh, February 12th at 8 PM CST. And we hope that you can be there. Of course, you know, he's a YouTube content creator. I'll be asking him all kinds of questions. I'm still making up the list now, but I look forward to hearing from him and hearing all what he's got to say. And, you know, if you're an aspiring person that would love to start YouTube, love to start apex YouTube content, or even just gaming content in general, this will be the podcast that you will want to listen to um, to learn all that you need to know in order to go from zero to hero on YouTube 
as a YouTube star, like Minute Updates. And Minute, we just, you know, personally, I just thank you for your content because it aids in the creation of the content from this show. And I can't thank any of you guys. You guys are heroes. You know, Thornton Smash, Garrett, J Miles, Minute Updates, The Gaming Merchant, all of them on YouTube are awesome to watch. They all talk to each other. They all connect. Um, and then, you know, of course, your data miners like that one mining guy, Shrug Tall, um, all of them, you know, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be able to get some of this uh, details that we get. So, you know, thank you all for doing what you do and serving the community in the way that you do. And hopefully we can get some or more of you on the show. So with that, let's go ahead and move into our topic one, which is the defiance patch notes and the first impressions of season 12 gameplay. So here, you know, some of the things we've done in the last couple of podcasts is we've looked at things like Mad Maggie. We've looked at things like what's coming to Olympus because of leaks, right? Um, but we've got the final kind of official patch notes and some things have changed. And so I want to highlight some of the things that have changed. So I'm going to follow the patch notes in a way um, that not only we're not really going to be reading them out, but we're going to be reacting to them. And also, you know, some of the things that maybe isn't shown in the patch notes, I went out and collected some data so that I can share that with you. Um, for instance, the first thing I want to talk about is the Mad Maggie um, ability. So we have War Warlord's Ear um, or Irie, whatever you want to call it. I'm going to say Ear because that's just the easiest way for me to do it. Um, so the description, of course, is it temporarily highlights enemies you've damaged. Um, and you move faster with shotguns. But some of the tips and info is damaged enemy silhouettes are visible through walls and obstacles. Of course, you'll be able to see, you know, if you hit somebody with your uh, with your riot drill or even with a gun, you'll be able to see them through the walls or any of the obstacles as they run away, all that kind of good stuff. And then Maggie can walk and run with a shotgun at the same speed as when her weapon is holstered, right? So if you were wondering what the actual movement, the faster movement was, it's the same movement that you would have if your gun was put up, right? Um, and some of the things I wanted to talk about with this is this passive paired with her ult is absolutely bonkers. The speed boost from the pads that you throw down from her ult, which we'll get to here in a minute, and the, the movement that you get with the shotguns is just disgusting. So if you're pushing somebody... You know, you need to be carrying a shotgun with this character. There is no reason to pick up anything other than a shotgun as your secondary weapon or even your primary, but you definitely need a long range mid wage gun in this game. So, you know, secondary is the best. Um, pick it up and then make sure that you save your ult for whenever you're pushing teams or disengaging teams. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that more when we talk about her ult, but pairing that run and that movement speed with the ult is just it's crazy. And it's a, it's a speed that you're going to have to learn. This is not something that like, basically what happened to me was I jumped in, played mad Maggie immediately, of course, because that was what was requested of me. Actually defiant J eight was like, Hey, you should get in here, um, learn mad Maggie. Cause I'm play Valk and you can learn mad Maggie. She's definitely going to be meta. And I was like, okay, I'll try her. And you know, the first thing I did was use her all and push a team with a shotgun in my hands. And I couldn't keep up like the speed was too fast for me. So, you know, the most important thing for me to do at that point was to go into the firing range and get some, uh, you know, some warm up there with her. Ult. Um, so very, very fast speed. Um, this makes a shotgun, a secondary as a secondary, a must picks. 
and it makes you feel like so that's kind of like the downside of this character if you don't like shotgun play you shouldn't play maggie because playing her it almost feels meaningless if you have any other gun but a shotgun and to be honest with you, there's certain shotguns I think feel better. Um, you know, the, the the Peacekeeper, if you have the kinetic uh, hop-up, that choke, uh, you know, the choke speed on that, the reload speed on that is super sick. Um, a Mastiff feels really good, plus she does the little kick animation to get it up. Feels really, really great to play a Mastiff on her. But if you're, if you're not someone that really enjoys shotguns, pressing teams, and you know the up close in your face fighting this is not the character for you um now one thing that i didn't really care for and i don't really agree with is you know this whole every legend that they've added over like the last three or four seasons have had a scan ability right so you know the ability is you you temporarily damage somebody you see somebody lit up right i don't personally as someone who's been playing apex now since season zero been through all the characters we've had, I don't think this was necessary. And it really doesn't fit into her lore. You're just damaging somebody. Um, Respawn, I think that you really need to take a step back here and, and think about this whole giving everybody the ability to scan and see enemies behind walls. I mean, it's cool, but like not, not every character going forward needs this. So to be honest with you, you know, if you're looking to nerf her in the future, I think that's where you nerf her. Just take that scan. There is no point in that. If you damage somebody, you're going to see the ticks anyway. You know, if you if you hit somebody with your gun, you're going to see the ticks, right? If you hit somebody with her riot drill, you're going to see the ticks behind a box, behind anything. So there's really no point in that scan ability other than just kind of make her a little too OP, right? I think I think right now she's pretty balanced. She's, she's a kind of a situational character. I believe, you know, I don't think she's good in all situations. Um, I think she's really good if your team plays around the aspect of being aggressive. Uh, but I think there are, you know, you don't have to pick her necessarily. You just, um, but I, I definitely don't agree with the scannability. I think you take that out. Um, it's just not necessary. I mean, it's cool, but the speed that you get with the, the shotgun that that's good enough, right? Then you could use the scanning abilities with crypto with bloodhound or with whoever else to, to push teams. You don't need her to have that. So that's enough of my soapbox rant, but I just think that that's just, it's just a little bit too much on her. And I, I don't think it really fits in the lore. Everything else feels great with her on that, but just not that. The next one is the riot drill. So let's talk about this for a minute. So the description, of course, is fire drill that attaches an obstacle and burns enemies on the other side of that obstacle. Um, if you didn't know, the cooldown is 22 seconds long. Um, with it, 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 It's a rather long cooldown. I spend my time sometimes waiting for the riot drill to come back. Um, and I don't know if that's me not playing her right, not pushing fast enough, and then, and then eventually getting it. Um, but there are times where I'm kind of sitting there uh, waiting for the right drill, knowing I can do damage behind a wall or behind a box. Um, some info to know about the drill itself is the drill cannot be destroyed once it attaches to an obstacle. There's there's no way to destroy it, right? You can't just shoot this thing and it be gone. It's going to sit there. It's going to do um, the burnout. Um, now, it takes one second to activate after attaching, and it deals a total of 160 damage over nine seconds. And let me tell you what, that is a very, 
very long nine seconds. It is extremely long. I know that it takes all nine seconds to do the 160 damage, so it gives you a chance to kind of get away from it, but it is extremely, extremely long. So, you know, I would be almost okay uh, with that a nerf in that area, you know, maybe like a six second or seven second, and maybe even nerf the damage down to like 120 or 125, you know, I, I don't know. I, I It does force somebody to get out of cover, um, but also somebody can sit there and take the damage if necessary, but they will get hurt, right? So, you know, I, I just don't know if it's worth, if nine seconds is really what you need because, you know, the whole ability to me is to be able to highlight the enemy with the Warlord's eerie, or ear, ire, uh, and then, you know, be able to push them you know, the nine seconds last a while. They're not going to run back in that save. And if it's like six seconds, they're not going to run back to that box. They're going to already have, you know, try to go somewhere else. So I don't really know if nine seconds is necessary, but that's, that's the stats on it. Um, it's affected by the thickness of the wall or prop, right? The thicker the wall, the shorter the flare on the other side. That's just simple. So it's a, it's a fat box. The flare on the other side is not going to be that large. So it won't catch enemies that have stepped back away from the box from a certain distance. But if you have like a very thin, you know, uh, let's say like a rampart shield, that flare is going to be huge, huge. A door, you know, the flare is going to be huge. It's going to force people to definitely back away from the uh, from the door if you are pressing a door. So, you know, in situations like that, it's important that your teammates play around that. You know, if, if you flare, if you riot drill a, a door, uh, and there's a door on the backside, you know, your team should be wrapping around to push that team from behind um, so they can, you know, kill them. Right. And because your your uh, right drill is going to do is going to press them back. It's going to make them fall back because they do not want to take that 160 damage. Right. If it hits an enemy directly, it will deal five damage and bounce off them. Um, that that kind of sucks. Um, I have I have hit people. The five damage is definitely real. Um, the bouncing off them blows, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. This is, like I said, this is kind of a situational thing. You know, this is for whenever you want to push a team behind a door, behind a box, force somebody out of cover. This is not something you want to be able to stick on somebody and do immediately 160 damage to them kind of blowing it out their back. You know, um, the one thing, the couple of things that I found is that it is extremely powerful with warlords because if you hurt them, you see them you push them and you get to push them with no movement penalty. And if you have your ult, you get to push them with no movement penalty and the jump pads and the pads for the speed boost. So it makes it super sick, right? Super crazy. If you're able to catch somebody out of, out of, uh, out of location or out of, you know, away from their team and you're able to hit them and you're able to push them as a team. And the, you know, the great thing is of course your team can use those pads from the old as well. Um, the one thing that I did find was a kind of a learning obstacle was the path and the arc is really the, the path of the arc is really tricky, but I believe it can be quickly learned. Like if you're going to main this girl, um, you know, you can quickly learn this, no problem. But I did notice that like a lot of my times I would shoot it and I would think it's going to hit, um, but it would just like kind of arc all the way up and then fall down and fall short of where I wanted to send it. Um, I also think there is a distance to it, but it, I don't have that. I don't have the stats on that, but there's definitely a distance where the, you know, it will only go a certain length that, you know, you have to be within that distance or it's just going to arc and fall into the ground. Um, so definitely, you know, like I said, she's a very aggressive, uh, pushy character and you'll want to get not 
super close for the riot drill, but you'll need to get closer than, you know, say, you know, the, uh, the, the, the tactical for fuse or, you know, anything like that. So definitely have to get kind of close with her close quarters. So the next thing is her wrecking ball. So you throw a ball that releases speed boosting pads and detonates near enemies. Um, it's 1.5 minutes to charge it. You get this thing relatively quickly. Um, so, you know, the ability to use her, uh, wrecking ball with, uh, warlords, it comes rather quickly. Um, you know, and I think it's a very important thing to, to have there. You know, it's, I think it, it's, it's worth the quick cooldown. It really, the damage that this thing does, it doesn't really do much damage. Um, but let's go ahead and talk about some of the info. So when released, the ball bounces off floors, ceilings, and walls. Basically, anything this thing touches, it's going to bounce off or bounce back or bounce left or bounce right. It's kind of almost uncontrollable once it hits an object. Upon hitting a wall, a speed boosting pad is placed in a zigzag pattern. Stepping on them provided maximum speed boost of 30%. And then the speed boost lasts for three seconds. The boost pads disappear 60 seconds after the ball explodes. It will eventually explode and deal a maximum damage of 20 damage, as well as stunning nearby enemies. So eventually, you know, after the ball has ran its course, it explodes, it can do 20 damage. And then if you hit somebody directly, it's going to stun them and knock them pretty far out of the way. I've seen somebody like almost knock somebody off the, the map completely since we're playing on Olympus now for ranked, you know. So this thing is very, very very fun it, it it's fun for you know let's say you're pushing a team you push and then maybe your two teammates go down in that fight if you can if you can get in there that happen and then your your ult's still up you can take the speed boost pads back out to disengage so you know the path you set for yourself is also a good disengagement path you know the engaging and then disengaging if the fight just isn't going your way and like i said wrecking ball paired with the shotgun boost is just nasty. It's super fast. It's super fun. Um, you know, it it allows you to kind of rush into teams, rush into third parties, um, come up behind somebody before they even know it's going to happen. Um, you know, one of the best uh, movements I think that you can get with it is, you know, if, another, if a team is around a corner, you can use that and her speed boost to get around the corner real quick before they have the chance to kind of react to your team coming at them. Um, you know, the fact that your teammates can use it is just nasty too. You know, I haven't really seen the octane speed boost along with that, the speed boost from the wrecking ball, but I'm sure it's disgusting as well. Um, and, and like I said, you know, using this thing to either engage or disengage is definitely how you want to use it. You know, uh, it's, it's, it's just extremely fun. And, and her as a legend, you know, if you, if you ask me if she's going to be meta, you know, I, th I think that she is, uh, she's definitely going to be, you know, an, an S tier, a tier, uh, character. Um, maybe it could be even as low as a B, B tier, but you know, in ALGS play, it will be interesting to see how teams use her to counter the Gibby, you know, knowing that a Gibby is on every team, um, and even up in higher rank Gibby being on every team, you know, you'll probably see her more in masters and up then you will see her in anything lower than that because you know people are still going to play the characters they love uh mad maggie has a, a great feel to her but you like i said you have to be an aggressive person and then you know the last thing that i would say about her is you have to get over her voice i mean 
I know it's been hit on a lot. I know that during the LTM that we had for her, um, the voice was a little bit too much, but man, it's still not fun to listen to her talk, but they've toned it down so much that it's really not that big of a deal anymore. Um, but yeah, her voice is annoying, but overall very great character. Um, you know, one of the things we'll probably be talking about in the future is who she pairs well with, you know, right now it's only been two days. So I don't want to say, Hey, she pairs well with this person or this person. I just think that overall, um, you know, she is a very fun character, can be meta, meta potential, um, but we'll need to see how she plays out over time. And then also, will she get nerfs? Will she get buffs? Um, I, I can only see nerfs occurring because she's kind of, you know, she's kind of a, a good, good character. Um, but uh, we, we don't know yet. So with that, let's go ahead and move into the next part of the, the patch notes, which was control mode. So I don't really want to go over control mode. If you want to hear about control mode, what it is, um, check out the website that is all about control that EA has out. Um, check out the last podcast where I cover what control is. I gave you some tips for control, or you can go to our YouTube at broadcast. Um, and I have a, what everything you need to know about control. Um, but some of the things I wanted to do is just my impressions from the season so far, right? So my favorite map, my favorite control map is Olympus. Um, labs on Olympus is pretty nasty. I I really enjoy the strategy of as soon as we start, we capture A real, real quick. Um, and then of course, you know, at the space, uh, you know, let's say you're going from your, your team, you know, on A, the same thing would be applied if you're, if you spawn C as well. But uh, you know, at A, you take A um, and then you get the Trident immediately. Um, while maybe six people on your team push B, you and a group of three push C and you take C and you divert their attention away from B so that then your teammates can, can, can capture B. So then you have A and B right off the bat. Um, that, that so far has been the strategy that has worked the most for the teams that I've played with. Um, it's just about getting someone that's willing to hop on the Trident with you and then you pinging and letting them know that's where you're going. So, you know, what I really like about this map is I love the high ground. Um, the waterfalls provide, it really gives you the ability to look down and make a decision on, on what you want to do. Cause let's say you're coming from a towards B or C you go waterfall. You notice that B's get in taken, um, pretty, pretty easily by your team. Well then, you know, you can shoot anybody that's trying to come into that building by just standing up high there, uh, and do some damage. And that kind of diverts. It usually diverts a lot of attention from the people traveling from C to B and it takes them and allows them to shoot up at you rather than push the building. And by that time, your other teammates have set up inside captured B successfully. You're gaining points. Um, and it, it makes it very, very fun. Um, one of the things, other things I like is the, where they give you the timed events. So like where C or a or B get a, a, a bonus placed on them. I think it's around a two minute time timeline that if you have to capture the point and then whenever you capture that point, you get an extra hundred points towards your score. You know, we had a team that we were controlling it pretty well. We had a and B all the time. We were playing on barometer and this team somehow there was two bonuses that occurred during the game and they captured the right points for both and a scored, you know, the two got an extra 200 points and was able to be, you know, one-to-one with us on 
that map because even though we were controlling the most points, you know, they were able to catch up with us and then almost swoop, uh, you know, took the game from us, uh, which was very, very interesting. It was very cool to see how that happened. Uh, you know, I hated them being able to take that point from us, but very, very cool. Um, so, you know, if you, if you haven't played control yet, of course, you know, on Olympus, you have B that is at, in the labs. It's in the upper level of the labs area. You have C that's near um, estates and you have A um, that's near the covered shelter. I forget what that POI is exactly, but the covered shelter um, or energy depot. Uh, so that's where your points are um, in barometer. You know, you, you have, you're all centered on that little Island where the, the little, uh, the barometer is of course, um, your a is one of those little buildings on one side of the barometer. Your C is the other one. And then on the other side, and then you have B that is in the bottom portion of the, the overlooked area of where the barometer actually is. So, um, you know, very, very interesting way they did these, you know, Olympus is more of a straight line push to B. Um, barometer, you actually have to decide, do you want a straight line push to C from like a, or do you want to go out of your way and go B the fight there at the barometer in the center of the map makes it very interesting. Um, because people have constantly got over, you know, if you are pushing B people are constantly over top of you shooting down at you. Um, teams can take B go high and kind of sit there and wait for another, uh, the other team to kind of push in the bomb, drop in on them. You know, there's a lot of different strategies here. Uh, but overall, the, you know, the maps have been great. I don't, I don't really have anything negative to say. I know there's been quite a few people that say they don't like one or the other. But in reality, you know, I think that what they've done here is they've done very well at taking existing popular areas because both of these are very popular areas and making them into a very, very fun mode um, and, and very, very fun maps to play. Um, and it, it kind of, um, you know, it, it kind of feels good. You know, you can like one or the other. You don't really have to like the other one, but it does feel good based upon what kind of player you are. You know, Olympus is very sweaty. Um, uh, playing at the labs, pushing labs, the fight in labs. Barometer is not as sweaty. You know, the fights kind of occur there. You know, one of the coolest things I saw was there was three pathfinders and they had set like up a, <laughs> uh, just a web of, uh, web of, um, of his ult there in the bottom of barometer. So very, very cool stuff. Um, so my favorite class to use. So I've actually enjoyed the sniper class. And so what I've really enjoyed about the sniper class was I, the, what I, whenever I played, we had the longbow as a sniper. And then we had the P 2020 with the hop up as, um, the, the secondary or the, well, I guess the way you look at it as a primary and then the longbow is a secondary, but, uh, really, really enjoyed that. Marksman, I haven't got to play a triple take yet with Marksman. So, uh, uh, you know, of course, if I, if there's a triple take, I'm going to play it only. Um, but with Mad Maggie, the Marksman's usually good because with a Marksman, you usually get paired with a shotgun. So Mad Maggie, as far as Marksman goes, is a really, really good class. So is Heavy. Heavy, you know, usually get like a really heavy gun, like a, a Rampage, an L-Star, and then you'll get like a Mozambique or an Eva 8 or something like that. Assault is just like your normal R301 P2020 class. And then close quarters is your R99 PK. So, you know, if you're playing somebody like Maggie in the new season, you'll definitely either want to play close quarters, heavy, or, or even that um, marksman class. You know, any class with a shotgun, 
Um, you'll want to play her and and definitely, you know, you'll probably want to stick to point B and just fight all the time with her. Um, but like I said, so far, my favorite is the sniper class. Of course, let us know in our discord what your favorite is. I'd be interested to hear that. Um, my favorite legends to play so far on control is mad Maggie. I think she was really built for this mode. Uh, you know, if you have multiple mad Maggie's on your nine squad team, uh, people are constantly getting highlighted with her passive. So, you know, you're always finding out where people are. You're always knowing exactly where to send your riot drill. You're always knowing where to push for the kills. Um, you're getting that speed boost. That's you know, if you're rushing down the hill from A and on Olympus to go to B, you know, you can you can really do that real quick with her um, ult and, and even her passive. So really, really fun character. Um, crazy in our Discord and also a part of our broadcast team. Uh, he played Watson, and so you know the what I was talking about earlier with moving from A and taking C immediately. You know, we would take the the trident there to see you know we would set up the fences there on the enemy base and that way if anybody was to come in at us there on olympus we would be able to hold them because they'd have to go through the uh the fences to get there so watson's very very helpful on this mode because even at like all the b points you can set up her fences her ult is really good for regen you know regenerating regenerating shields um earlier than what the shield crack mechanic does pathfinder is another one that is extremely fun to play uh the ability to get high ground on both of these maps is something that you know is a reward for any team um going from you know a on barometer to getting b high ground on barometer and then dropping down you know if you have a pathfinder they can they can quickly move from a to b um same thing for olympus you know getting high ground on top of the labs, getting high, you know, moving from the labs, getting high ground on the waterfalls, any kind of ability like that, you know, horizon is also good for high ground stuff. Um, but she's not on my list of favorite legends. Valk is a favorite legend because her alt, if you're able to get her alt, do all the damage you need to do, you know, you can ult out of a and fly over near C or, uh, you know, ult uh, at B and fly over near C, um, you know, put it, you can really use her ult to navigate, the map on these uh, control maps. And then lastly, I've really enjoyed seeing more caustics around. I know that caustic got the nerf, which we'll talk a little bit about here in a minute. Um, but he is a very, very good defensive player legend to play. So, you know, look forward to the future of we're going to come up with like the best three characters to play together in the future and talk more about this control mode in the hopes that it stays. Uh, they, they need, this needs to stay. I mean, if you compare, um, uh, uh, if you compare control with arenas, this is apples and oranges, oranges being arenas, like control is so much fun and I don't see it getting stale. I see, you know, as long as they keep adding maps, they, uh, you know, constantly are shifting the guns. Uh, you know, of course you'll be able to use different characters to come in. Control is a mode that needs to stay. And to be honest with you, if it completely replaced, um, if it completely replaced Apex or Apex Arenas, I would be okay with that. Um, the next thing is the Olympus map update. First, shout out to Alex Grainer. He's a level designer, Apex Legends. Um, if you knew me back in my day at Dropping Spicy, I was the one that confirmed the interview they did with Alex Grainer back when he talked mainly about the town takeovers. He is the creator of the Mirage Voyage. 
Um, I think he, there was a couple other he created, but he was also big into creating choke points. So, you know, one of the biggest changes that we saw on Olympus is the choke point um, that was created there. So, but first let's just talk about what area of the map was changed. Let's the, the area that the map that was changed was the South to all South. It was solar array. Um, and then basically uh, West of solar array and North of solar array up to Hammond labs. That's really where this map was changed. Of course, the first change was Dr. Silva's phase driver. Um, you know, the phase driver is this big, big area. Uh, and you know, they changed, they changed this area. Crazy nutty man from solar array West. It is just a completely different map. Um, it, it looks, it really looks great. You know, if you're going from solar array to bonsai plaza, it's really not that different, but if you're going solar array towards hydroponics, this map is a complete change. Um, because of the addition of that phase driver and then also the addition of terminal. Um, the phase driver itself is this circular area um, where basically you have buildings around there, you have boxes around there, and you can come into this area and you can interact with it. They've created a button that drops the, the uh, different, I forget what they're called, but the circles of loot that you can bust open uh, they, they drop into the middle of the circle and, and, uh, I, I don't, I forget how many times that that can happen, but I was watching somebody and they just was able to do it over and over again for a little while, but it's high tier loot. Um, this is a very high tier loot area. Like if you want good loot, you land here, you will get good loot. You will end up with purples. You might even end up with the gold shields. You'll end up with hop ups. You'll end up with the guns you want, the ammo you need to fight anywhere else on the map to push out of it. And, and you won't have to worry about loot. Um, expect, so if you have like a Loba and you land this area, you're taken care of. Um, but yeah, like I said, buildings around a little circular area, the middle of the circular area is the phase driver. You interact with the phase driver by clicking the button, um, which is this little screen. And then that interact, that causes the phase driver to pulse out and, and send some high tier loot your way. Um, one of the things they did do around this area is from phase driver to hydroponics, there actually used to be a giant bridge. They took that out and they made it more of a flat area with some loot bins, um, kind of like this rotational area. Um, so that's just a small map change, but it makes going around into hydroponics and taking fights that were between hydroponics and phase driver, the little choke area there, the two, actually two choke areas there, you're able to get high ground on hydroponics rather quickly um, and, and aim down at teams that are fighting in the valley below. So it's very, very cool uh, what they did there. And, and it gives you also a back way out of phase driver. It, it allows for, you know, I don't need to take a bridge. It's got no cover out of phase driver. I can actually take this, this route and be, you know, feel comfortable that I'm not going to get shot at sniped at and all kinds of things. So really, really cool change there. Of course, your next change came from solar array. So at solar array, the one thing they did do is they took out the jump tower. So if you didn't notice that there used to be a jump tower that allowed you to jump over the phaser and land over near Hammond labs that is now gone. I, 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 I know why they did it. Cause they added a bridge. They took out the giant wall that was there at solar array, separating you from that Northern area, the, the map. So they made the map more continuous, but I did like that jump tower. So I'm kind of sad about that. Um, but the new area terminal, it has five different entry points. And I believe that's why Alex Grainer was sent to do this, was set to do this because 
he is very, very skilled at creating choke points. He created a lot of the choke points on World's Edge that you know today. Um, so creating a five in different entryway point um, elevated platform that's this choke area that has tons of loot. You're able to look over Hammond Labs, the, the south part of Hammond Labs. You're able to look over the area um, before the phase driver and people pushing from Solar Raid to phase driver, Solar Raid to Hammond Labs. And you're really able to take control here. And the fights in this area are so fun. Um, you know, I had, we had a couple fights in this area that you, you know, there's so many boxes in there. There's so many loot, so much loot. There's so many areas to back up and take a minute to breathe that this area is extremely fun to fight in. Um, you can, it's not like a choke that you feel like you have to immediately fight. It's a choke that you, you can take the cover that you need and then you can do what you need to do in order to, uh, you'll survive and make sure that you're fighting smart. But one of the things, of course, like any other area is that you need to <laughs> make sure you're watching your back. There was plenty of times when we'd fight in this area that we get third partied. Um, it, you know, it's a lot of people are landing this South area of the map because it is new, but anybody coming from a Hammond labs or estate and pushing down to phase driver can easily third party any fight going on in terminal as you know, same from going South to North as well in that area. So, you know, this is not a choke. This is a choke that you can spend some time in looting, but it is a choke that you want to travel through. Um, but, it, but it's extremely, extremely fun. Um, and you are able to survive. I don't, I don't even think like third parties are horrible in chokes, but you can survive a third party fight here. Um, one of the other things that we saw is that, um, is that there has been shifted grounds in other areas of the map as well. Um, you know, we saw a new Northeast path. We saw some small tweaks, like, you know, places where bridges weren't before and they are there now. Um, you know, this is like, for instance, at Grow Towers, where you had that that kind of like that trident lift there. There's now a bridge there that allows you to get up there easier on both sides of that lift. So very, very cool there. Um, just small changes to the map that that make the map feel larger. It makes the map feel more continuous and it makes the map feel fun. So overall, great changes there with Olympus and super excited about the future if this is the way that map changes are going. So some things to talk about. I don't really consider these, uh, you know, too, too crazy, but, uh, you know, some of the things that people were worried about was the wildlife, the PVE content on Stormpoint. A lot of people will be playing Olympus this uh, split, but, you know, your casual players will still be playing pubs and Stormpoint will be in rotation in those pubs. Um, and one of the things that, you know, they did was they they changed the prowlers quite a bit. And I'm just going to read off a list of those changes. I don't really have any comments because I didn't really feel like the prowlers were too overpowered, but this just makes prowlers more manageable when you're getting, uh, when you're in the ring, when you're getting in fights, whenever prowlers are attacking you, how many prowlers are attacking you. So here is what they did to prowlers. They decreased the damage that it takes to kill a prowler from 30 to 20. It's pretty nice. They increased the crafting rewards from 90 to 150. So that largest Jurassic Park nest in the middle, you can get up to 250 crafting there and it's split between all your teammates. Damage is now a primary factor of what a wildlife can target, right? So it's less random of like, I'm going to walk here. You know, I might get attacked by this prowler. I might not, but more now it's more about the damage. Somebody doing damage to a prowler rather than just randomly attacking you. 
Um, only three prowlers can attack a person at once. So, you know, if there's more than three, you're not going to get pushed by four. You're going to be pushed by three. When two teams are inside of a nest area, prowler spawns are disabled. That is extremely nice. So, you know, if you're fighting another team, the only prowlers you're going to have to deal with are the ones that are already there. Um, and if you're supposed to stay in that nest area, continuing the fight, they're not going to be spawning on you. And so you can really focus on the fight. Um, prowlers new are neutral when outside the ring, unless fired upon, that's extremely fun because, you know, we always worry if we're running towards prowlers, they might chase us and down us in the ring. Um, that is no more. And there's also less prowlers wondering in these smaller dens. So they took that down from three prowlers to two. So you ain't got to worry about that as much. And then also just a overall, you know, great, great little thing here is tweaks to higher tier consumable drops for wildlife. So like your consumables, like shield cells, uh, you know, changing into bats, syringes, changing into med kits, extremely cool here. And overall, I don't see how any of this can make any, like make not any sense and, and, and be bad. I think this is great changes. I think this is really cool changes. And I think they thought this through. Um, and I think that they delivered on this change. So the next change is the ranked update. And so basically all I really want to say here is, you know, we're not as much focused on KP kill points and the amount of kills you get. We are more focused on placement. So the kill points, um, the maximum amount you can get now went from 175 to 125. And so really, you know, this is, this actually helps a lot because in your upper tier levels, you had a lot of people just going for the 175 points, KP killing teams, wiping them left and right, being very, very aggressive to now you earn more points through your placements under five. So, you know, if we look at the difference between the points awarded, it really changes only in that KP um, that you get off of kills, but also, but mainly in the area where, uh, you know, in the bottom five. So if we looked before in season 11, if you place fifth spot, you got 30 points. Now, if you place six spot, six and fifth in season 11, but now if you play six spot, you get 30, fifth spot, 45, fourth spot, 55, third spot, 70, second spot, 95, and first spot, 125. And that's compared against, you know, last season, if you place fourth or third, you only got 40 points, right? If you play second, you only got 60 points. So you're getting a huge amount of points here for placing, you know, lower than fifth place. So huge update there. Um, and I think that that will help a lot when it comes to, um, you know, people making sure they want to survive. You know, it, I don't think it really has, there's not really a ratting um, that will occur from this because you still get good KP. Um, you know, if I go out and I kill a, a pred and I'm a, a gold, I'm going to get the 20 points, right? So, you know, KP does matter still, but it, it, it I, I definitely agree with what they've done here. I don't think anything bad of it. You still get your bonuses here, right? So before in season 11, you know, if you were 10th to 6th place, you would get one extra point per kill or assist. Um, from 5th to 4th now, you get five extra points. Um, in 3rd place, you get eight extra points. In second place, you get 10 extra points. And then in first place, you get 15. So it actually is kind of a buff in this area 
um, as far as second place and below goes. So if you get anything, if you get second or first place, you're going to get quite a bit of extra points off of those kills that you get, assuming that you haven't already maxed your KP out four kills that game, right? So very, very cool there. Very, very nice changes. Um, if you would like to see a very, very good schematic of what this looks like, um, we will be posting this on our Twitter and we'll also post it in the discord for you to see. Um, but it basically compares season 10, 11, and 12, all the rank changes. Um, and then of course it discusses the importance for placements now in the new rank split. So definitely check that out. Um, overall, I think this is a great change. It, it, it really helps with the team play aspect of the game. Um, but because your team's now fighting for better placement together rather than, Hey, I'm going to go out and kill five people. And it's okay if we get fifth place because I still got the 175 points worth of KP, right? So, so it helps out a lot in that. Um, so the next things that we did talk about already is crypto. Um, crypto did get a huge, huge buff. Really, really great. I, <laughs> I'm almost, uh, about 90% sure that I might become a crypto main, because you can literally just throw his drone out. Um, the distance is really not that far. I don't know exactly the distance that it goes out. I don't think they even put that in the patch notes of how far you can throw it out, but it's, you can basically it's still within your old area, right? So if you do throw your drone out, you're definitely going to have to make sure you back up a little bit in order to not get hit by the drone ult, um, the EMP, but it still works pretty well um, as far as like throwing it out and using your ult with it. I think that it's really not not that big of a, a deal. So the Neuralink changes, the, they increase the Neuralink detection from 160 to 240 degrees, which is really, really nice. Um, and so basically now the Neuralink detection is now disabled while the drone is being recalled. So they did that as well. Um, and then they did a bunch of surveillance um, updates. Um, the deployment of the drone has received work. Pressing a tactical button causes crypto to send the drone flying in a straight line. If thrown at a wall, the drone uh, will hit the wall and reorient itself on um, a kind of like acting as a security camera on the wall. Uh, crypto no longer immediately accesses drone view after deploying his drone. So you have to, you have to click the tactical button again and hold it. And that will allow you to get in the drone. They reduce the drone's health from 60 to 50, which makes sense because of the new abilities that you're able to use with it. Um, overall, crypto is a lot nicer. Um, when you're pushing fights, you're able to just kind of throw his drone in and, and really see where people are. And it just makes him extremely fun to play. Um, you know, setting up his drone on a wall is really, really nice because, you know, you know, say you're getting pushed. You throw the drone up on a wall, it latches on, the other team comes running by, doesn't really notice your drone as long as you place it in a good position, and then you're able to see the team before they come through. You you hold on the other side, you take them out, right? So overall, you still you have a very, very cool, fast-acting drone play from Crypto now, but you're still able to use him to gain even more information by getting into his drone and going in the uh, kind of stationary position. So overall, great changes to him. Um, the only thing I would say is I'd like to see his drone be thrown out a little bit further, but if that change never occurred, it really wouldn't bother me too much because it's still, I mean, it, I, I feel like he's meta now. I feel like even more than Mad Maggie would be, I think he is definitely someone to be reckoned with now. And it makes him funner to play. 
Um, extremely, extremely great changes there. Of course, like you know, we know is is the same person who did Watson's update did his, and um, you know he the guy who did that aced Watson, and so we've not we've seen nothing good but this uh, good come from but from this guy. So you know, I look forward to the future with him on the team at Apex. The next thing is the Cossack Knox uh, traps are now able to be destroyed after detonation. Um, with by hitting them for 150 HP, um, de- detonated traps will expire at 11 seconds instead of 12.5 seconds. Gas effects linger for two seconds after the destruction of the barrel. So if you destroy it for 150 HP, it'll still linger for two seconds. So you can still get hit by. It. So you have to be very very careful when you push in. Um, but overall, great changes. Of course, we've already noted before that the alternator switch with the volt. Um, the Volt did get a damage increase from 15 to 17, and then the max mag size now went from 26 to 28 um, for that. Um, the hop-ups that were added, we've already discussed these on, on past podcasts, so make sure to go check them out. The kinetic feeder, um, the ability to reload, the ability to choke really quickly, the hammer point rounds coming to the P2020, the Mozambique, and the RE45. We do have a shatter cap change for the repeater and the bow check bow. Um, so very, very interesting there. They did nerf the triple take from 23 damage to 21 per bullet. So very, very sad to see that, but understandable because the triple take is really, really, really good right now. The flatline, despite going into the replicator with the longbow, it did receive a nerf of 19 to 18 damage. The Rampage received a nerf of 28 to 26 damage, and then the reduced number of shots during the rev state from 40 to 34, so a major nerf there for the Rampage. Um, And all of this is just, I think it's necessary. I don't think any of these changes are wild. I don't think any of these changes are like, why would you do this? Um, I think that overall they made some very, very cool decisions with these changes. And, you know, one of the things I really, really liked is that, you know, we were I was worried about the flatline and longbow going into the crafter, but they're only worth 30 mats. That is not that you can, you get 30 mats off drop, you know, opening, you know, enough bins, getting one of the little mat uh, stations and then going straight to the crafter. You can get a flatline relatively easily. And, and really just that one damage really didn't change it that much. So, you know, Overall, yay for flatline players because holy crap, it's so good. Um, and they also lowered the med kit price from 20 to 15. The crafting menu itself uh, is actually something you have to get used to now because it has changed quite a bit. Um, and then the last thing that they did that I thought would be, uh, you know, be mentioned here is that they did uh, allow, do allow you to now see survivable um, your, your the inventory slot for your survivable items, your survival items, not survivable items. Um, you can now see your teammates, what they have. So if they have a respawn beacon or heat shields, you can see that. And then one more thing actually is that reticle color customization. Um, they changed it in limited values from zero to two fifty five to remove exploits. So to avoid that. So really good changes there. Really good that they were actually paying attention to that. And then they did a whole bunch of other quality of life um, changes that you can check out at the EA website for the patch notes. They will make I will make sure that they are in the description below. 
So let's go ahead and get to our Defiance Battle Pass topic. So the Defiance Battle Pass topic, I don't really want to sit here a long time on this. Uh, I just want to kind of talk about what you can get. So we see that you can get this really cool seer skin that's called Aces High. It's just white leather jacket with a gold uh, little symbol in the middle with a skull on his stomach, um, kind of wearing a, a white and blue blue jeans. Um, you also get a banner, um, some some uh, a, a gun skin that kind of goes with this for the alternator, and you get a uh, one of those holographics that say take a shot and then you can also get like a skull that hangs on the guns one of those things um so that's for seer uh, for loba uh loba's skin is super sick um it's called breaking the law and she has like a brown tan leather jacket with a skull um on it she's got a skull on the back it's brown with uh red accents all over like red knee pads uh, red uh, things on her forearm. Um, the the symbol for the skull is red and white. Uh, the the hair, her hair looks so good. Um, they kind of did this like, um, you know, the the little the tail in the back with like some flowy um, colored hair there in the front that goes along with her very well. Uh, it looks like she got some blonde highlights there. Really, really beautiful skin. You know, um, <laughs> Loba's obviously some. A, a character that a lot of people simp for um, if that's an okay word still. Um, but that, you know, a lot of people like fall in love with her because of how she looks. She is a very beautiful character. Um, this skin, she, she rocks it. She does really great um, with her. You can get some uh, matching stuff, matching banners with a motorcycle on it. You can get a holographic, like stretch a pose. Um, you can get a R three Oh one skin. That's not that very impressive, but it comes with her skull symbol on it. So, you know, very, very, very awesome for Loba, this, this, uh, this battle pass. I mean, if I'm going to buy something, that's what I'm going to buy. Even, I don't even play Loba, but holy crap, that skin is awesome um, to get. So the next one is the Colonel Panic for Crypto. Uh, it's kind of like this, like, I don't know, retro cyberpunkish blue hair accents uh, kind of makes him look like a hardcore um, badass kind of character got the skulls on there. It looks like a biker. It looks like he's from an, I don't know, an Asian biker clan or where, whatever he's, whatever, you know, I don't know what his affiliation or his, uh, whatever, where he's from, but, uh, kind of like, kind of like that. I mean, it's uh pretty cool stuff that comes with it. You get like this drone that can hang on the gun with like bat wings on it. You get a skin. Uh, it looks like the skins for the Devo, um, you get this holographic that says expand your network. And then you also get this motorcycle banner that has like a city in the background. Really, really cool. Um, really, really badass feel to him. Um, and then you have an ash skin. It's kind of like a nuclear skin. It's really not that impressive. You get a matching Eva eight skin with it. Some, um, some dice to put on the side of the gun, a hollow spray that says unstoppable force and you get a motorcycle. The motorcycle looks pretty dope though. Um, for a banner with like her swords crossing in the background. And then lastly, we have the lifeline skin, which is called hardcore heels. Again, not that impressive. She's had better skins. Um, but it just adds some more to the character. Um, with this, you get a skin, um, for, uh, the charge rifle. You get kind of like her airdrop, um, with a pink kind of skull on it for 
the thing that hangs on the gun. You get a pink and blue uh, with a with a Olympus in the background, uh, you know, banner, and then you get a double trouble um, hollow spray to to throw in with that. Um, and then of course, if you didn't know, the reactive skins came to the Hemlock. The two different skins are the Gentleman Baller, um, which is kind of this golden and gray skin that looks pretty cool. The the golden part, the bottom part where you put your hand um, on the uh, to hold the Hemlock, it lights up kind of like a fiery gold, really, really classy um, look to it. looks really, really nice. And then the Scream Machine is the other one. And it's kind of like this more of a, a daring looking gun with red um, on it. It's got some white accents it's got your flames there overall the the actual reactive um part of it really isn't that that wild here i mean it looks pretty nice so it's not like a over overly done um it is definitely see you can definitely see it but it's not horrible it doesn't really distract you so i really like it um and then of course one of the cooler skins that came along with this is for the gun um, is the epic car skin with the skull with the wings that has the flames coming out of it with the red accents all over it called the skull crusher. If I'm going to, I'm, I'm definitely going to run this skin on all, my prowler all the time. Uh, on my car, not my prowler, my car all the time it looks super dope. Um, and then of course, some of the cooler things that you can do is get some free rewards with Octane's character skins, packs, and things like that. And then also you can match some of your team. Um, you know, they created uh, different hollow sprays for like Horizon and Ash that go together, Crypto and Watson, and Lifeline and Octane. You know, characters that have uh, lore that matches or they've interacted in the game, they are now creating hollows and skins that kind of go together. So it's really, really neat what they're doing there for the end game. And really that's the battle pass. If, if, if it's me, right. If, if it's me, it's definitely worth the money. I mean, if you've bought battle passes before, you're able to use a thousand points to do that. The, the, the one you'll want to make sure that you rock is the Loba skin. It is just super, super nice. I, I love how she looks in that skin really. Uh, you know, I don't think any Loba skin really compares to that, that skin at all. Um, but overall, Pretty cool. You know, um, I it, I don't know if it was exactly what I was looking for in a rebel biker, but it kind of adds like a futuristic, a futuristic aspect to um, this rebel bike, rebel biker. It's like, you know, the motorcycles on the banners look very futuristic. Um, it, it fits the apex area and lore um, and it kind of gives them a badassery feeling. That is really, really, really cool. So overall, great job on the battle pass. Um, I have no quarrels there. Uh, so the last topic I wanted to cover before we close out the show is the upcoming in-game events. I don't want to go into detail because we will definitely go into detail when they get here. Um, one thing that you can expect is some more details coming out about the third anniversary of Apex. So it hasn't dropped yet. It's going to drop Next week on Tuesday, February 14th, that's when it's going to drop. You will have skins themed around teams and their connections. Kind of like what we saw with the battle pass. You'll get that kind of like with characters like Watson, Crypto, and Mirage. We've seen that with the puffly yellow jackets. Um, you'll get things like that there. 
there is speculated that there will be no heirloom shards. So it, you're, you're apparently not going to be able to get heirloom shards and to buy an heirloom. But instead, what we're going to be getting is this bloodhound prestige skin that we saw in the trailers that the gameplay trailer itself, um, you know, he had the gray skin, then, uh, you know, it looked like he upgraded kind of to a red skin with some cool eyes on it. Um, so you'll be able to get that. Um, some unfortunate things coming with that is it's going to cost you around $160, right? You'll need to collect all 24 cosmetic skins in the event, right? Um, and each pack to collect those is 700 apex coins, which then if you add all the, all the money together, you'll have to buy around $160 worth of apex coins. Um, but the one thing I want to say here is you have to look at the, I don't, uh, I don't like the price as a person that doesn't spend money on video games much because I love the free to play video games. I do spend money to buy the battle pass. I do spend money if I see a skin that I really, really like. Um, but I don't really agree with getting rid of the heirloom shards. I think that we should all have the ability to get the heirloom shards. It's not a hundred percent confirmed that that's, that's going to happen, but it's about 99% confirmed. Um, and I, I, to me an heirloom, it's great. Like I, I love having the heirloom as collectible item. When somebody sees you, it's like, Oh man, you got an heirloom. This skin is just going to be interesting to me. It's gonna be like, Oh, you paid $160 for a skin that once apex becomes, a game that nobody cares about anymore. You just get stuck with a skin in a game and that's it. Right. So you just spend $160 on that. Um, same thing with the heirloom, but I just feel like the heirlooms just, I don't know. I, if I take a picture of me playing game with running around with a, a, a heirloom, it's pretty cool. But the skin, I mean, you don't even get to really see the, the really any third person view other than whenever you're loading in and on your banner. Right. So, is it really worth that money? I don't know. I don't know. The heirloom, you kind of see all the time. It's in your face. So it's up to you, right? Um, I think there'll definitely be ways to get heirlooms in the future, but it does look like we are moving to that prestige skin. And then, of course, this is in the first half of the season. Now, I will throw out there, I'm going to put something in the description. Thornton Smash on YouTube did a video on how to save money uh, and when you want to buy the skin, so not to spend the hundred four hundred and sixty dollars so I will put that in the description. I'm not going to go over it because it's a very complicated process. You'll probably want to watch that video, write it down, and then do it exactly, or you'll probably have to rewatch that video a couple times to understand it. But if you want to save money, I'll throw the link in the description of the podcast. Um, so also coming in the first half of the split before we get off Olympus, moving into Kings Canyon for the second ranked split, you will see a Warriors collection event. It is going to be a post-apocalyptic event, and this is going to be the event where you will see Crypto's heirloom come through with the sword that kind of detracts. Um, you will see that, and the speculated date for that is actually going to be on in mid-March. Um, and then the potential, the potential, these are very small details about this, is that there could be a Kings Canyon or Storm Point update coming with this event um you know i don't know exactly what could happen the warriors event sounds pretty cool pretty neat um hopefully it's centered around mad maggie or uh well it'd be centered around crypto i guess but it, it, i don't really know what what you would do to king's canyon or or to storm point i mean it, it, it's going to be very interesting to see 
Um, the devs are the ones that mentioned Stormpoint. Um, the Kings Canyon update has actually just been mentioned randomly amongst the community. So, you know, we're not officially 100% sure on what's coming. We just know that there are going to be changes to a map coming in this event. Um, I'm curious to find out what happens. So um, the last thing here is the second split half of the split. So after um, we get through Olympus and split two comes, we will get the unshackled thematic event. Uh, there is really not much that we can say. We have no idea about the skins. Um, the one thing that we will know is that we will be able to craft skins. The crafting is going to be super expensive. So double of what you usually use to craft normal skins. Um, but the cool thing again that they did recently is these, the somatic event skins are going to be remaining in the pool of skins for the characters for all of time, right? So once they enter the game through a thematic event, through the unshackled event, you're going to be able to buy them in the future, um, in, in, in pretty much any time. So you don't really have to rush to get the skins. Um, it's more of the other things that you'll need to, you'll need to want to get and, and do so. Um, so we'll be, uh, talking more about this, of course, as information comes out, but that's really all we know is that there will be a event. Um, we don't know exactly what it's going to look like, what it's going to be about. Um, but it will be called the unshackled event. So, and, and that all comes from the, the roadmap they did where they showed what's being played on ranked. They showed that storm point Olympus and Kings Canyon will be in pubs. And then they showed the events on the right side with Mad Mag in the middle. So if you did not see that, make sure you go check out the roadmap um, image that they put out for Apex Season 12 Defiance. And with that, um, I would like to thank everybody for listening. I'm going to close up the show here. Uh, of course, like I said, to become a part of the broadcast family, uh, make sure you check us out at linktree forward slash BR underscore broadcast. That's where you'll find links to the surveys, links to the anchor. Uh, links to Twitter, links to Discord, Twitch, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, everything you need to know broadcast-wise, you will find there. Um, to reach me, Geo, the best place is on Discord at Geo number 4574. Um, so, you know, message me directly, add me as a friend, whatever you want to do, do it there. Um, other than that, the other best place to reach me is on the broadcast social media that you can get to through the link tree forward slash BR underscore broadcast plug. Um, but also message the Twitter. I'm on there all the time. You can also message Instagram. I'm on there all the time. I usually don't use my personal Instagram or Twitter because I'm on broadcasts. So with that, you know, we'd like to, we'd like for you all to share the show with your friends. You know, make sure you're sharing the show. Make sure you're joining the Discord. We would love to have you in there playing games with us and having fun with us. We always have people in the Discord ready to play, ready to squad up, and we are we, we don't care what level you are. We don't care what skill level you are. We are ready to get down in the dirt with you. And then, of course, we'd like for you to rate and review the podcast on your favorite podcast platform of choice. Of course, one of the best ones to do that on is Apple Podcasts, but you can find us on Anchor. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on, I, th I think you can find us on Player FM and, of course, Apple, like I said. So definitely find us in all those places. Uh, rate and review us. Follow our social media accounts. And with that, I'd like to close up the show and say thank you for listening. And I hope that you have a fun start to Season 12. We'll catch you next time here on Broadcast. Adios, amigos. Yeah.